This episode of Behind the Pen is sponsored by Vicious Whispers Podcast. Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent. Hi, this is Karina Ganters, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Karina Gantis here, your host for Behind the Pen. I hope you are all well. I am an award-winning author of 14 books. I'm an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a booktuber, YouTuber. I'm also the host of the uh, Author Assist show on the Artist First Radio Network. Behind the Pen is a podcast for creatives, anyone who holds a pen. So you can be a writer, a uh, musician, a editor, a illustrator, artist, tattooist, director, and the list goes on. So today, my special guest is Bill Cleveland. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Where are you in this big world? I am in uh, Alameda, California, which is the ancestral home of the um, Ohlone people here in California. Oh, very nice. Well, I'm on the island of Corfu in Greece. So uh, this is a real international call. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I ask my uh, guest is, uh, what do you use your pen for? How many hats do you wear, Bill? Very interesting question. Okay, so probably the first thing is mental health. Um, I uh, I grew up in a, in a bumpy world, and. Uh, you know, stumbled across the pen as a way to engage my brain in trying to make sense and meaning in the world. And uh, it worked. Uh, Therapeutic. Well, more than that, it allowed me to, um, first of all, engage the stories that were happening around me in real time and then create and imagine new ways in which the world could manifest that I was much more interested in and gave me a lot more, I guess you'd say, mojo uh, than the ones that were surrounding me. So it's a, you know, it's a magic wand is what it is, the pen. It it is, it really is. And they say, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword, but the pen, it can, it does create magic. It's it allows you to uh, leave our unsettling reality and to step into the one that you're writing, the one that you've created. You know, yeah. you, you live in those characters' shoes. You've created, you've, you've built that world, whether it's fantasy or a thriller or a horror, you've built that world. And it's, it's, it's leaving it just for, I don't know, half an hour if you're typing. Once you get into the zone and the words start flowing, and the gold comes out mm-hmm. and the characters are talking to you and it's like you're in your own little bubble and mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that 
that is the best place to be when you're a writer. So this started when you were younger, your love yes. for writing as an escapism. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And I have to say, it also gave me a way to make a living because unfortunately, more and more people who uh, came down the road in the places where I worked um, couldn't do it very well. And I ended up as the default uh, chronicler, documenter, storyteller in many of the places that I that I worked and and functioned. Actually, everything from grant writing to report writing to um, you know uh, basically describing the, the the story of the people in the places that I work with. My my probably the thing that that released the hounds for me was that I I worked. Uh, serendipitously in a U.S. program called the Comprehensive Employment and Training Act, which was basically an unemployment program uh, during the 1970s. But what happened is hundreds and hundreds, thousands of artists ended up being employed by the Department of Labor to create work, uh, which is very odd uh, if you consider the United States cultural policy uh, journey that it's that it's traveled down but at the end of the day there um, I switched from the pen and the word being a way to make a living to uh, uh, a way to literally tell the stories and I ended up working in the California Department of Corrections as an artist and then as an artist wow yes, and then working with a program that eventually had a faculty of artists of a thousand um, working in 32 prisons in the state. And needless to say, we were about way more than just writing. All art forms, even art forms that don't exist on the outside. And the process um, basically introduced me to the, the power and the magic of the creative process as a way to make individual transformation occur and even wow. community transformation yeah that that is amazing so you were there to 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 teach the inmates and to allow them to let out their creativity to to either draw paint write um, you know play a musical instrument maybe i don't know but but to allow them to express themselves which of course they can't do in that kind of situation exactly and so here's the issue we live in a world that pretty much um treats what you just described as kind of a side dish um uh you know you're a writer okay that's nice um mm. oh you make songs well that you know sing me one i want to be entertained but at the end of the day if you uh, consider the scope of human history uh, there are cultural anthropologists and um, evolutionary psychologists who now pretty much agree that pre-language that art making was in fact the principal means by which humans found the capacity to cooperate and communicate and, and communicate and draw the attention of the tribe and uh, cooperation uh, separate from the fact that we have uh, opposing thumbs 
uh, and that we have big brains is that if we didn't ever cooperate, we would never have survived. And so, you know, moving the arts from the, the peripheral, which is a nice thing to have at the end of the day, a nice way to entertain ourselves, and moving that idea into the center of the ritual fire, where it absolutely where it's needed, where human beings with almost no choice making in their entire lives get to make an infinite number of choices in their engagement with the creative process. Wow. And that was what that was what that that taught me. And, you know, as you can hear, I'm uh, born again around this idea of the human creativity being the most powerful capacity of what it is to be human. That is that is it. So since that time, most of my writing has been telling the stories of my own work and other artists' engagement with individuals and communities around the world making transformation and change. That is absolutely amazing. What have you learned from that, from, from, from the beginning when you started this uh, path? Um, what, is, what has it taught you? What have you learned from it? A number of things. Uh, written <laughs> five books trying to tell people what they were, but in a nutshell. Um, stories, um, all stories are new. There are no new stories. Storos, stories cannot be, um, uh, all stories that are created cannot be destroyed. Uh, the power of the human creativity, the process itself, um, transcends most, if not all, of the forces that are often arrayed against the expression of the head, the heart, and the hand through stories. Um, and that there are no human beings out there who cannot have access to this. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you believe that everybody has that creativity in them? People say they're born with it. They have the creative blood. But do you believe that everyone is able to be creative given the chance? Well, if you're given, given the, the arc of human history, there are no humans who do not every day solve problems using the creative process. There are no humans every day who do not, um, you know, find refuge in their imagination and think about a different way of doing something, a different future, uh, an alternate alternate version of the story that they're living. Um, now, I'm not going to tell you that this is all fun and games, because mm -hmm. the human imagination is a powerful thing, mm -hmm. and it's been used for good and for ill, and um, a number of my books chronicle not only the good side of that story, but the bad side of the story, one of which uh, was in Serbia, uh, actually the, the former Yugoslavia, and uh, a guy named Slobodan Milosevic hmm. was a master at changing the story in a way to strike fear and um, hate into the hearts of many, many, many people. Um, and one of the actual uh, chapters from that book uh, talks about an amazing uh, c community of 
women, uh, dancers, performers, who spent the 10 years that Milosevic was in power doing performance, often clandestinely, to fight uh, the power of his lie. And uh, actually, probably the thing that's taught me the most about the power of the human creativity is writing that book, um, Art and Upheaval. And Art and Upheaval is really about artists working in the trenches, on the front lines, in communities, in severe upheaval and in conflict. And contrary probably to popular opinion, um, artists are not absent from the front lines. They're actually there. And um, in this case, literally in the streets, um, you know, speaking to, um, speaking truth to power. When did you become such a philosopher? When was it in your life that it it clicked that this was what you were supposed to do? That you had this mindset of of um, uh, did you actually? I mean, did you learn all this through uh, degrees and books, or was you? <laughs> do you think it came naturally to you? Uh, so, I mean, this may sound dramatic, but. Um, Art making pretty much saved my life. I was a mess, um, like I said, a bumpy beginning. And um, <laughs> this was not some, you know, there, there was no self-help uh, formula that came to me. I found myself doing a thing that um, moved me in the direction of making, which is way better than falling into the direction of breaking. Mm. And so I learned by the seat of my pants. And, you know, the great thing is, is that, uh, I mean, this is an amazing one size fit all process, the cre human creativity. On one hand, you know, it can, it can like with me, it saved me from an odd and weird path of, of life that, you know, may have led to disaster, but it was mm. also a hell of a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> You know, at, we live in a world where we think that having fun actually has to do with availing ourselves of toys and tricks and entertainments that are out there that, you know, you have to buy a ticket or, you know, no. get on a get on a cruise ship or get on an airplane. Make your and, own uh, entertainment. Yeah. It's free. Yep. I've got <laughs> it got right here. You've got yeah. the tools. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody can take it away from me. I can yeah. write in my I can write without a pen yeah. in my head. And I do that very often in the middle of the night. I'm moving the words around in my brain. <laughs> and then interestingly enough, um, uh, you don't always remember everything in the middle of the night. So um, my wife sometimes is shocked to hear me picking up my phone and talking it sounds like, it. yeah, talking into the phone in a yeah. very low voice and it sounds like some, <laughs> some kind of specter you know <laughs> like, what are you out your wife every night oh dear <laughs> what yeah, are you I, doing <laughs> i don't have i mean i have the phone but i don't speak into it um if i'm awake and i remember what i've just the scene or the dialogue it goes straight on to notepad uh, because yeah. like you say when you wake up in the morning you don't remember what yeah. happened 
No. So I can imagine you freaking your wife out with that. Um, yeah. Hey, folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to help keep the podcast going, you can donate as little as $5 on my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Karina Gantus or small letters. Don't forget to follow, like and review the podcast. Your support means everything. I always, I always say that when it comes to creativity, it's never just one thing. So if you, if you are creative, you're not just a writer; you're something else. And I see a beautiful instrument beside you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing that you play the guitar. I do. That's a Telecaster. Actually, I'm a songwriter. So oh wow! I, there you so go. Songwriting and prose writing, um, they are, uh, in some cases, strange cousins. Mm, I agree. You don't use you don't use the same the same parts of your brain. The words uh, are certainly nice to have there in the room, but the rhythm, the rhyme, the pictures that you're sharing through mm -hmm. music, and um, so that's you know I would have to say that if if there were um, bedfellows in in the my formula for having a good life it's it's being able to make in various forms so make songs make art um, make poems um yeah. i i make films uh, um and obviously uh, write uh, sentences and paragraphs that hopefully will make sense to other people. <laughs> when you say that you write songs are you writing for other people you selling your work or are you performing it yourself? I have uh, CDs and uh, they are out there and from time to time people actually pay for them. I've <laughs> performed in many many bands uh, which is also a hoot as you can imagine. I used to. Uh, I used yep. to sing uh, live in a rock band. So, yeah, yep. I've been there. <laughs> yep. So, what genre of music do you write? I mean, is it folk? Is it rock? Is it uh, instrumental? I mean, what is it you. Well, there's a CD out there called um, uh, Songlines. Uh, the, the name of the band is, is Cleveland Plain Song. And so, uh, if you heard the first song, you'd think, oh, th that's that. But then if you hear the second song, you go, that's not that. Well, what's that? <laughs> oh, and, I like that. And it, it continues. Um, we call it alt-eclectic. Alt so if you mm. think about popular music and all the genres that are there, so everything from uh, metal to mm -hmm. um, country and western to acapella, you know, um, shape note singing all of it in the same uh, CD and actually uh, one of the uh, interesting strategies we took for this particular CD was to put together a different band for each song oh wow now the, the rhythm section was the same but the accompanying musicians were all um, collected for the song Wow, and I suppose they came—they came voluntarily. 
Like you put a, a call out for them and they came like, oh yeah, I want to be part of this. Uh, actually, no, we paid them. That, that's, <laughs> no, Yay! I, <laughs> Even I, better. Believe, I believe very strongly that um, people who wield the creative process as their life work uh, deserve to be compensated. Uh, nobody came away a millionaire, but we did, mm -hmm. um, we did write checks. That's that's fabulous. Yeah, I it's it's the same as what we're discussing now in the writing community about our worth because we're selling many authors are selling their books so cheap that they're forgetting all of the effort that went into um writing it, all of the um the late nights and the dreams and the you know the getting into the zone and and of course the money when you self-publish it's not free. It costs a lot of money to publish a book. So then to sell yourself short and to give your book mm. away for free or 99 cents just does not make sense. And yet mm. it's Amazon <laughs> who, who started the ebook revolution, who's also pushing the authors into selling themselves short. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is, you know, the commodification of the creative process, which is what we're talking about is no matter what there is an exchange of services an exchange of of um of resources in anything that anybody does a plumber mm -hmm. a welder um, people who are um, working i think in the creative process i think it's most important for creators to be very clear about their intention with their work i've spent lots of hours creating work that I knew I was not going to get paid for. I felt fine with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I went into it with that intention because it had another, another mission attached to it. But when it comes to putting a roof over my head and providing for the people that I care about and that I love, yeah. I'm responsible for, to more than the word on the page. I'm responsible to my community, my family, et cetera, et cetera. And if I'm going to be serious about this process that I use, one of the interesting projects that I'm involved in is called Other Helix. It's my newest writing project. And mm. it is one of my books I did as a collaboration, uh, a book uh, uh, called, well, what is it called? I'm. We're going to erase that one. <laughs> yeah, um, between grace and fear is that mm. the name of that of that, and that was a collaboration, and it was interviews with people who use the creative process to to change community. This latest project is an artwork unto itself that is meant to uh, basically b become a tool for community organizing around. Uh, issues of racial equity and uh, the process is um, it's taken me down a different road and I think this is one of the important things for people who are writers or any other kind of art form and that is to ex expose yourself to a new territory yes so that so there are parts of your brain that have been sitting there kind of twiddling their thumbs that you can engage and we describe it as, um, so the two of us, uh, 
one black woman theater director and me, one white male writer, and we engage three questions. When did you first recognize race as a potent presence in your world? What stories define how race has influenced your life? And who do you trust with your truth? And we're basically going to be creating a memoir that twists around itself. So it will be Kathy, that's her name, will talk in one chapter, then I will talk in another chapter, then she'll talk in another chapter, and we'll be each be going through our lives at various stages. And what we're doing is we're taking a reader's theater into a live interaction <laughs> with a community and performing that. And then we're going to engage the audience in what is called the story circle. So we're going to provoke the audience into their own stories around the same questions. And then we're going to so make a unique. We're going to make a film film out of that. <laughs> yeah, and then you're going to do this and then you're going to do that. I love I love you. It you like first it's it's such a unique idea. I've never heard anything like that and um uh, to start off like you said you're going to start off like that and then you're going to bring it into that and then eventually you're going to film it or, or uh, write the screenplay of it um, do you think do you honestly think that you're going to be able to do all that is are you really 100% positive that it's going to work that it's going to be accepted as you hope it will be and that eventually you will get that film done um, in answer to all your questions absolutely not um, I know we'll we'll do it, uh, but as you well know, the book you start writing is not Never the, the book, book when that, you end. <laughs> that, that you finish with, and the same is true of a project like this. Now, the interesting thing about having two people involved is that when you're a solo, you can you can drive right off the cliff, and of course you bear the consequences mm -hmm. or or the benefit of that decision when you're with somebody else you're in a very different circumstance yeah and so you're in some ways you're constrained you also have you're reeling more, yourself in aren't you yep and then but you also have more imagination to work with you can bounce and, off each other absolutely and so the possibilities for riffing off each other are infinite i'm very excited by it it's the wow. kind of a project though that actually once the ball starts to roll um, and you involve other people because this is highly collaborative in terms of theater, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, I really enjoy the idea that we do have a kind of uh, a ring around us. Yeah. Uh, and our, our challenge will be to create a strong ring so we can bounce off the edges. <laughs> that, that's amazing. When are you starting this project? Or has it already begun? Well, we've, yeah, we've, we've started literally uh, the writing process, which interestingly enough, we start off solo and very much mm -hmm. apart, and then we'll bang into each other, mm -hmm. and then we'll bounce off each other. That's we'll what collaboration is all about. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, we've, we're, we're inching down the road. One of the things we've allowed ourselves is a timeline that is three years. Um, Wonderful. 
Yeah. It, I yeah, mean, absolutely, no it's absolutely essential. That's a, that's a, well, I mean, three years is a pressure to me. I mean, this book, Art and Upheaval, was eight years. Wow. <laughs> because it took me around the world. Wow. And, and uh, uh, I had, you know, I mean, one of the things I really believe is that, that if you're going to share other people's stories, um, it's really important to get, you know, into the vehicle with them and feel the wind, you know, coming through the window. I totally and agree. <laughs> stopping at the, you know, at the petrol station. <laughs> with them <laughs> and going through you know not just the the wonderful easy part of the story but the hard part as well if anybody wants to go and get your book or any of your other books where can they find them well that's a, i want to give a shout out to my publisher at least one of my publishers which is new village press they're in new york and they are a publisher of record of a mm. wide variety of authors who are writing about um, the creative process about um, community cultural driven change making about um, literally the name of my podcast which is changing the story to change the world change the story change the world so um, yeah New Village Press and they're online they have an incredible lineup of, mm. of work really talented people and the interesting thing is is that almost all of the authors are the doers? Yeah. Um, so th they're they're not just chronicling; they're in there. They're in actually the in there. Yeah. Doing the work. Getting their hands yep. dirty. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, what about um, your other books? Where can people find them? So uh, the first place they can go is to our website. I run the Center for the Study of Art and Community. A mouthful. Beautiful. <clears throat> And the center has uh, a place where you all the books are listed. The 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 um, website URL is www.artandcommunity.com. That's art and community all spelled out, all one word. Wonderful. Are you are you on social media, Bill? Absolutely. Um, all those little icons are spread around so we have uh, in addition to uh, a site f for the podcast we have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and yes um, I can be searched and found I have to say I am an in-person kind of person uh, that's that's what I like <laughs> so the digital universe is a tool it does is not, it does not float my book boat though <laughs> it is. no no uh, for me i don't get out so uh, the digital world is my home and that's where mm. i i can promote and, and sell and find my readers whereas people like yourself can go out and go to cons and do readings live readings and meet people i can't so i really rely on the digital world but it's a it's a door that's been open for so long and it wasn't until the pandemic that authors realized that this mm. this door was open for them and they were like yes. oh my god i can talk and get in touch with people all around the world now absolutely you know, and uh, i mean every every human tool has uh you know it has 
uh, a power for good and a shadow. And I, I believe that the digital universe put in the right hands with the right intentions and some protocols, you know, being respectful and, um, and caring about the other uh, out there, uh, it can be an incredibly powerful tool, particularly for people who are, um, have been shunted to the margins. And there you are. You know, you have a place at the table, which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's a, a wonderful ending to the show. Um, Bill, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your philosophy on this uh, and your amazing um, work that you've done and your plans for the future. I just wish you all the best. I hope everything goes well. I hope people that uh, watch the show or listen to the podcast go out and have a look for uh, Bill Cleveland and uh, his books and his work and his music. Go out and have a listen to that as well. Thank you so much for being a guest, Bill, and all the best. Thank you very much, Karina. My pleasure.